Danny, what are you listening to? Margo's going to roll her eyes right now, but <laughs> I have this weird obsession with Christmas music, and I listen oh, to <laughs> Stop it. No way. Stop are you it. serious? <laughs> I literally listen to Christmas music all year round. When I got Stop married it. in July, I walked down the aisle to the instrumental of Jingle Bells. Stop Do it. not judge my journey. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> is the moment podcast fans around the world have been waiting for. Sponsored by Box. it's time for the Cease and Desist Podcast. Oh yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Sean? This is probably going to be the best podcast in a long since, time. Since the last podcast, that was the best podcast. The one when Andy wasn't on. Correct, so. which is again the case today. Andy is not with us. Now, this is his uh, number two unverified absence, if I'm not mistaken. Number two. Number two. Number three, you get kicked out. Are we doing that? Yeah. We're on a, we're on a three-strike policy here. Should we send him a cease and desist? Probably. You should cease and desist. Stop talking coming. about the podcast that you're not on. <laughs> <laughs> should, we do, should we do interviews for his spot? I'm, I'm <laughs> I think that would be it. even better. Like, let's... I think Danny's taking applications. I mean, the last I, I heard. I love this. There we go. I mean, we can have a very like specific type of person on the podcast to fill that very shallow void that Andy left. <laughs> <laughs> shallow void. Man. Shallow void. Which was also my nickname in college. <laughs> it happens. Uh real quick, before I introduce our guests, I want to make note of something that's extra spectacular today. And it's Sean Mulhern's hair. Sean. Sure it is. Your hair is coming along like I've never seen. You're blossoming like a flower it here really in springtime. Is. It's yeah, beautiful. It really is. It's perfect wow. timing with the spring. It's coming out. Let me it's ask back. you a question, if you don't mind. I don't. How many people have asked you if that's your real hair over the past two weeks? A- a countless. <laughs> countless. <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> My own kids. <laughs> Which is true. So what we're hoping to do with Sean's hair is we want to cut it. At eventually, not yet. We want to make it into a hat. And we want you to wear the hat while you grow your hair back out. That way, if someone says, hey, is that a hat? You take off the hat. Your hair is still underneath. And it's absolutely. This is a hat. Absolutely. Thank you for, thank you for asking. What do you <laughs> thank think you for pointing that out to me. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the next stage of the hair is the cornrows. Cornrows. Yeah. We got to cool. see how. I don't think it's that much longer. You know, I mean, you're yeah, close. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's you're pretty close. close. Why don't I bring our guests into the conversation and see what they think about Sean's hair? Today, we have Mark. This whole thing unfold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today we have Margo and Danny Boy, Mr. Danny Jimenez from Go Giles. Welcome, guys. I'm super pumped about this podcast. You guys are two spectacular human beings, and I'm so excited to talk to you. What do you think of Sean's hair? I mean, I don't think it could get any better. Really on the spot right there. I mean, salt and pepper, brother. I'm here for you. I'm go. just amazed by the amount of time you have to cook to do this fucking hat. <laughs> Like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, who has the time for that? I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Mazel you know, it doesn't, it actually doesn't take that long. Like if I go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow, I could run a comb through and it'd be, it'd be just like this. But I, I've got a question for you. How, when did you start going gray? When did the salt and pepper come in for you? Uh, uh, 13. All right. Yeah. We're about the same. I was like 14, 15 and then college. It just like it blossomed, you know, now it's just yeah. void of almost it was great color. when I was 16. Cause everybody thought I was at least 27. <laughs> You're buying like, for everybody. Well, right. They worked out great. 
perfect for that big ID. Yeah, too bad we don't have any, like Margo uh, and I have been friends photo. since like okay, I thought since we were like at a very particular moment in time. But apparently our parents say something different. Like I went to your 11th birthday party. I do not remember that 11th birthday party to save my life. But apparently we've been friends since we were 11 years well, old. Because wow, you were you cool. were drunk at the party because of your your uh, salt pepper <laughs> hair. You guys have yeah. known each other that long? Wow. We really became friends in uh, astronomy in ninth grade. We sat next to each other. I mean, that's a so, good class. Yeah. It's out of this world. Got it. Let me ask you this. Who's the smarter out of the two of you when it came to astronomy? Who cheated off who? Ah, got it. <laughs> so you go. cheated off Margo. Great. <laughs> Margo, awesome. Margo slept through a lot of astronomy. <laughs> I don't know about that. We both. We no, both yeah, she was she was dead ass asleep. And then she's like, Ursa Major, bitch. And she goes to sleep. <laughs> like, yes. Saturn. The answer is right. Saturn. How does she know that? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so where do I even start with you guys? There's so much to unpack here. It's so good. Uh, tell us about Go Giles. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear how you guys came together to to start this company and, and what it what it does, what you guys uh, do on a regular basis. Give me give me the lowdown. It's so hard. Every, every time someone asks me, what do you do? I'm like, oh, God, I have to prepare this like this, monologue. And this is not um, a job interview. It's, it's so there's no wrong so answers things. here. It is an yeah. acting interview, though, because it is a monologue. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, the consulting firm now focuses on really helping either insure techs themselves or agents or carriers figure out um, the true business problems they need to solve. That's like at the crux of it, because. The first thing that I noticed and how this even came into being, um, I'm an agency owner and I have been for a while, um, but I've run the gamut in insurance. I started as a CSR and then I went into an agent and then I went into operations, then eventually bought the agency and became an owner. So like I've been mm -hmm. through it. And when I started vetting techs as a COO, um, I was like, who's in, who's in charge here? Like what? <laughs> Which one of you knows insurance? Because it became really clear to me that like on the surface, they would solve the problem or they would say, look at this wonderful piece of software we built. Um, but when you dug into it, it was like, this, this is, this is surface level. Nothing that you're presenting to me is solving any actual issues I have inside of my agency. Sure. Um, and so that's kind of the, what pissed me off, honestly. And this, I decided to go, okay, once we sold the book business, um, I'm going to go, focus on changing this because this is terrible god it's like <laughs> it's like i'm looking at a mirror right now yeah that was my experience and i they'll sh they shall remain nameless the the pieces of tech that i purchased but um you know it really wasn't centered at all on whether or not what i was being sold was going to help me and in turn actually could have destroyed the company. Like sure. it's, and I see this happen a lot where they're sold a, a bill of goods. It's expensive. Tech is not cheap. There's implementation, there's training. There's yep. all these things that go into yep. changing process inside an agency specifically. And you go through this whole process and it's expensive and time consuming. And then the thing doesn't work. And now you're scrambling. I've got calls coming in. I can't find policy information. I can't issue COIs. My cords are everywhere. And I don't think that um, there was a lack of understanding and compassion about like what selling technology at that in that state can do to a business owner, especially small business owners. Yep. A lot of us are, you know, 15, 20 agents and under. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're not what we don't have multi million dollar, you know, reserves to weather something like that. And I think 
that's really what angered me to the point where I was like, all right, I'm going to go try to do something about this. I love that. How don't understate this. How hard was it to jump over from insurance to technology? Because I know what my answer would be. And I know what Sean's answer would be. That's why his hair looks so amazing. How hard was it for you? How hard was it for you? This is a softball question, but how hard was it for you? (laughs) Um, it was hard. It was difficult. It took what happened. What had to happen was I had to step away from the agency, which obviously was detrimental some point and I had to focus on learning all the things I needed to learn to be able to rectify some of the stuff that was happening so for me I would say it took me probably a good four years to actually learn technology itself because I still an agency owner I was still dealing with you know apps that had wet signatures on them I have I I have like seven filing cabinets you know in a storage room (laughs) here that still have you know paper things that are in them. So making that jump just for me personally took a while. Um, And then when I made the jump, went into actually building software, it was a whole nother learning curve, understanding how to, you know, manage products and ship and roll things out and then sell them. I mean, it was a whole, it's it's still, I'm still learning, right? And it never ends. Yeah. I Um, think. What uh, about you guys? I mean, you you made the same jump. I'm seeing my my next business solution after Glovebox, and it's going to be uh, an insurance agent rage room that's full of file cabinets and fax machines and all of the yeah. old crap that people are using, and you can go rage. So instead of building things, you just break things. You break things. That seems easier. You get real mad. a lot easier. You break it. <laughs> I like that. I bet we can set, film an entire uh, Set of cords on fire. That set them on fire. One. Maybe be pictures of underwriters. I don't know. I don't know what we'll put in there, but, you know. <laughs> Could be exciting. Yeah. Uh, I think we had a very similar a similar uh, take. You get in, you get excited, you think, how hard could this be? You know the problem, you see how you're going to fix it, but it's like doing a home improvement project. Like, how hard could it be to take down that wall and move the plumbing? Then you get in, you're like, oh, God. Like, Sean, tell us about your home improvement story. <laughs> because that's probably the slippery little, slope, which is glove, which is glove box to a T, I think. It really is. Yeah, it really is. I So I've got, uh, my house has a, we drive in through the alleyway. I came in through a gate driveway into the the garage um so had to drive through the yard i always wanted to get rid of that because i've got little kids and i don't want to run them over you know oh nice super That's nice of you <laughs> this gate had a loose bolt on it and so i had a handyman come out uh that i'm friends with and i just you know it was right during covid right when everything was on sale right when you had nothing to do and i had been offered these garages these steel garages that you know were like 60 percent off i had been looking at doing this project and i was like hey man why you're Tighten in this bolt. Like, what do you think about this thing? He goes, dude, you have to buy this. Like, that's a crazy deal. I'll help you put it up. It'll be super easy. We can use most of your driveway. He's like, well, I have it done in no time. And I was like, cool. I called my buddy who's a realtor. I was like, hey, man, if I convert this garage into living space, but I can't bust into my house because it was attached but detached, you know, that's a different story. But he's like, yeah, it's extra square footage. It's not going to hurt you. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. I literally... Two weeks later, had someone out jacking up all the concrete, took down the fence, ordered the the uh, the garage, and then I ordered doors for my garage door. So for about four or five months, my house was completely open to the elements um, and the alleyway for yeah at least four months. I ordered doors from China. This project that I thought was going to be like a loose bolt took 10 months, and I did most of the work. <laughs> And every every, every other like, week it was man. While you're at it, while you're at it, dude, you should just do this. Well, the door is up, the <laughs> walls open. You should do move that. the plumbing here. And well, if you want, you know, there's the gas line. If you want to put in a fireplace, 
the, the wall's open. We should run the, the gas right there. And you're like, yeah, I get you're totally right. We absolutely should. You know, and if you want to put a wash and dryer upstairs, you should put this electric right here. And I was like, yeah, from a absolutely. loose from a loose bolt to what seven hundred extra square feet and a detached garage, and you <laughs> move your stuff upstairs. Like it was, this that's project was exactly hilarious. Exactly, like building. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's how like, Glovebox was. Like, We're just gonna make this feature. I built the pro- I built the prototype of Glovebox. It was called Cover Dash, and it was on um, uh, yeah. ClickFunnels. Have you have you guys ever used ClickFunnels? No. ClickFunnels is like a replicatable um, landing page. Yeah, landing page builder. Where you can build like marketing automation. So I made it on ClickFunnels and I was like, wow, that was pretty easy. Look at how cool this is. Why don't we sell our agency and go build something like this and just connect it to the carriers? No big deal. Oh, her, that that's that was the that that was the uh, the loose bolt on Sean's gate. Yeah, was, <laughs> and now it's it turned ballooned. into like this. <laughs> Wait a minute, why can't we put a button right there? While you're at it, <laughs> might as well just, you know, just put the button in. <laughs> Yeah, and then then the warning sign, and then oh well, if they click that button, then you know what happens next. What's next? Yeah, it's always it's ridiculous. So what what projects do you guys focus on? I I know you build uh, uh, AMS systems, CRMs, right? Um, I think you guys are more trending on the AMS side, though, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, we trend more. We get a lot of call. I get so many calls from agency owners that like, um that they're, they've got an AMS and it doesn't, it, it does like 80% of what they need. Sure. Right. And sure. then, but the, but the 20 that they're missing is like their niche. So yeah. it, and it happened to me mine was COIs, right? Like cause yeah. I was contractor heavy in Florida and it was like everything about my AMS is great, but it doesn't do this thing that cost me like for, you know, uh, headcount in yeah. my agency. So I need to, and we get that a lot. So we're turning towards either building out custom AMS solutions for agency owners sure. or, like trying to supplement something that already works, like trying to manipulate it so they can continue to use something that they already have in place, but add on to it. So that, and on the agency space, that's where we're, we're killing it right now. So are you trying to, you're trying to build something that integrates to their current system or you, and, or trying to to build your own thing to say, Hey, well, if that's not working, why don't you check this one out? Yeah. Or in a lot of times we're vetting them. So not all AMSs are built, like and they do have plus and minuses based on you know what an agency does sure um what they specialize in so helping them sort of navigate that and place them in an amos they're looking and then you guys i have to tell you this what goes along with that data migrations and adaptation and all of the things that happen that you don't think about and that's the my my warning sign to people when they call in it's like five now I've got a twenty thousand dollar budget and I want a new AMS. I'm like, <laughs> so you want a Porsche, but you're getting a Kia, basically, is what it is. <laughs> and even yeah. if you buy something pre-made, um, you know, just data, take work. moving yeah. data and keeping alone is that's, that's isn't enough. That's actually a good point. I want to dive deeper into that because I find that a lot of agencies know generally what they want in technology but they don't want to spend money for it because they don't understand the, yes. in, the initial investment and what's it going to, what is it going to return? Right. Because I think there's been such a lack in good technology. Like you said, Margo, where they haven't seen a return on investment. Everything's been an expense. Right. And so they're not actually understanding like that beast. paying for, yeah. So it's hard. It's like, they'll have like, you know, they don't think about DocuSign and Outlook and Gmail as being part of their tech stack, Sure, but it is. Sure. And so, and they're not looking at the cost holistically either where they're like, well, I, you know, I only spend $60 a, a month on my AMS. I'm like, yeah, but you have 
significant other technology you're utilizing in addition to an AMS that right. you're not counting either. Right. So I think they what they consider their tech stack is is smaller as well. Like they're not thinking about those things. Do you think that there is a shift that is happening right now? I, I personally think there yes. is. So maybe this is like a, a loaded question <laughs> where it's it's our job as maybe maybe this next wave of insure tech to educate agencies on tech should not be cheap, but it should also be effective style where it's not just spending yeah. $40 a month on, a, on something and thinking that it's going to solve all your problems. It's like everything else, though, because it go, it's there's a spectrum, right? So I've seen people that will automate things that have no business being automated. Sure. I'm like, you just spent, you know, 15 grand on this automation and you're going to like, they're not looking at it in terms of ROI either. Right. They're like, oh, well, you know, somebody in accounting said this is hard. So let's build a whole system around. It. And a lot of what I do is trying to decode what they're at, like what their actual needs are, because they'll come and they'll say, I want an AMS, but really they might just need like a, a MailChimp plugin or something, right? Because they really just want to sure. do marketing. So it, it, they they still um, don't know exactly what it is that they want. So part the first part is always like digging in and being like, have these big, broad, big statements of I want automation or my favorite with the guys like, the I know I need an API, but I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> you probably don't need an API. Get the API. Grab the API, plug it in, you're good. <laughs> So they, they're they're learning though. They're coming right. to the table now, and they know they need it, but they still don't know exactly what, like where to go and what exactly they need to spend the money on. There's still some technologies, and, and one in particular, I won't mention them by name, but there's a CRM that um, they were underpricing themselves in the market so drastically that it, mm-hmm. I I think it was tainting the market. It was tainting agents' view of tech as a whole in the industry because of how cheap they were selling their product. I was like, how is that possible that they're selling it so cheap? Because you and I both know what it costs to create good tech. It is super no, expensive. Really expensive. Yeah. We have had Crazy. three to four large agencies, one of which sent us a cease and desist, mm-hmm. who told us, hey, we're going to go build our own. So we don't need you. Two years later. Cool. And they came back to us. And they were <laughs> like, we couldn't do it. <laughs> Cause it's Stop fucking, whining. Cause it's fucking hard. <laughs> it's not even, like, even like multi-billion dollar carriers that we work with, they say the exact yeah. same thing. And like, it has not, has nothing to do with money. I mean, sometimes it does obviously. Right. But even people with billions of dollars and years and years worth of data are still being like, okay, well, thanks. We're going to go build it ourselves. But then they come right back around and they like, Hey, can we re-engage? Because, we bought, we got all these developers, but now these developers don't speak the language of insurance. No, but yeah. there's not an insurance SME anywhere to be fucking found on any <laughs> of these companies. Yeah, blind leading the blind. my mind apart. <laughs> yeah. and even with tech, one thing our CTO did a good job of letting us know, you know, as we've taken money and been looking to expand. Did you like, say we took his money? We took his money. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. it's very sneaky. <laughs> nice. It's, it's not something you can just throw money at either and just go, cool, we're going to get more devs. And it's like, you can have more cooks, but you know you still gotta. Does it make the food better? Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> don't you know gotta how to think cook. through it. And that you know, Margaret, you said it, Daniel, you said it too. Is if they don't know insurance, 
it's such a nuanced product that from a surface level you can see it, but it's all the work. And even and if you things. know insurance, there's so many different sides of the business. No one knows insurance. Like, like, this is what I always try to tell them because like they'll bring in an SME from, you know, that was a business analyst at Chubb and I'm not picking on Chubb, but just yeah, like, you know, that sat in a room and worked on like a part of a product inside Chubb. And you're like, and even as an agent, I always go for agents because agents typically have a wider you know, range because they're dealing with lots of carriers and lots of products. But even me at 15 years, like I couldn't tell you anything about marine pollution insurance. Like I know as much as Danny goes about marine pollution. Like you, there's no (laughs) expert in the world that knows all facets of insurance. So you get these companies and they go out and they're like, we got a insurance SME. I'm like, great. Like you probably got coverage on Three lines of business now. Congratulations. Yeah, you know? from Cigna. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like all awesome. insurance is not the same, bro. Did it. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really funny to see it happen. And, and I think with tech companies in particular, they don't, um, they're much more apt by developers, right? Because that makes sense to them. Like, yes, we can increase staff and we'll scale with developers, but they don't scale with purpose the SM, yeah. on the SME side the why are we no. building this? and they don't like, they don't scale with purpose like it's blind leading not. the blind they don't have a, a path they'll, they'll figure it out when they get there you know and it's like mm. it's you, agile guys if you don't <laughs> yeah if you don't stay in your lane man you will get in trouble like i i, I i'm not going to go build a reinsurance platform like i, I don't know anything about that like i'm going to leave that to, to to relay like i don't want anything to do with it no, um, the, i don't think so the file cabinets <laughs> okay. guess. so again my my point is Tech is expensive and it's complex and it's difficult and it's our job as as I guess the second or third wave of insure tech, whatever you want to call us and you guys, it's our job to educate agents on what good tech should cost, but also what it should return. And I think that's right. what's been missed by these tchotchke ninety nine dollar a month <laughs> platforms. It's like, yay, here's ninety nine bucks. It's like that ain't gonna get you very far. That's well, yeah. and the whole idea too, there's like this, there's been this push recently of like, you know, uh, what we need a single platform to do all the things, Yeah. which I'm not going to lie to you was when I first got in, I was like, yes, I want, I want one login. I want to do all the things. But as I matured and went through this process, could you imagine, like, could you imagine you could never build it? It would be an endless build. It's- of things. It's like right? the, it's like the realtor that does the mortgage and the insurance. That's what it's like. It's super cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> like but not going to uh, really one of them, you know. A jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah. And that's what's happening is you get platforms that come on and they try to do all of the things and they're not yeah. focused on just PNC or they're not focused on, you know, reinsurance platforms or rating platforms and they try to put all of them into a single product and basically you get just like fragments of everything and nothing really works. Well, and that's what's and so wrong. I've moved yeah. away from that, and yeah. I, I'm looking at like, what is the good software that makes all of this integration seamless? Yeah. So the user's not moving platforms, but you're you're getting the best tech. It, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to yeah. one giant platform that has kind of nothing. The, <laughs> a the lot hard, of nothing. Yeah, the hard part about that is you know certain AMS systems that say they work with other vendors, but in fact they don't because they want to push all of their own products and only yeah. half of them work. That's yeah. the problem. Um, but I have a good, I've seen like, there's some really smart people working around that right now. 
Like there, I've seen some really impressive stuff lately. And I think some of the bigger competitors are just, they have to open up. You're starting, you'll start to see it now. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll build that API documentation for you, or we'll allow this integration because you just, you can't corner the market that way that the, the market's not going to support that. Like we're not going to buy it. Right. Anymore. No, agents are not going to be they're looking blind to this anymore. <laughs> like yeah, they're no starting to looking. No one was looking three yeah. five years ago, six years ago. It was just, nope, this is the way it's done. Sean, you know what I think is hilarious? No, do tell. So we'll meet with an agency about Glovebox, which obviously will knock their socks off, of course. And then they turn around a day later and said they don't have time to figure out how to put in Glovebox because they're too busy servicing. <laughs> that is amazing. That's like saying you're wet because you jumped in the pool and not understanding why. I don't get it. Don't jump in the pool of service. Get glove box and stop complaining. So I want to shift gears. I want to go over to Danny, Danny boy over here. Oh. Um, and Margo, you as well. Um, we interviewed Liv Kaufman last week, which was tremendous. She's a huge oh, yeah, ad- yeah. I know. I know. She's, <laughs> oh. she's fan chat, fantastic. Little, little fun fact. She worked at a chicken shop. So she is a concierge of fried chicken is really what it is. <laughs> yeah, really. So, no, little known fact. I know. Little, little fun fact for you on Liv Kaufman. But uh, she's part of Insure Equality. You guys are very uh, engaged with Insure Equality. We just got in, uh, our pledge done with Insure Equality. I, I want to hear how you guys got involved with it and, and uh, where it's going and, and just kind of the whole plans for, for that, um, uh, that company and that, that nonprofit, if you will. Yeah. So the vertical is like the funny thing about insurance and insure tech, it's very incestuous and very small, but everybody is very fucking mighty. Liv, um, she actually has an elevated role in insure quality as well, too, which is great. Nice. Um, So insure quality started because I do not come from the world of insurance. So I don't have like a, a cautionary policy holder in the back of my mind telling me to calm the fuck down. I come from fintech and in fintech, we don't give a fuck. We got to get shit done because if we don't get shit done, it's money. Yep. So going into insure tech, um, I started realizing that, um, you know, I'm a gay, I mean, to be honest, I'm a gay Mexican vegan Jew. I am all the Man, boxes. Man, you are checking you boxes. <laughs> you have all yeah, boxes. I love that. <laughs> I'm hitting these boxes. So, and as I was navigating my way, becoming, you know, figuring out partnerships for Go Giles, figuring out who are the best key players that we need to get in contact with to, collaborate on technology that's emerging and whatnot. Um, I was, some people wanted to talk to me and some people didn't. And then I had to sit there and I'm like, oh, maybe it's because this or maybe because of that, but I don't know. And then I went on, then I started trying to find um, talent for us. And it's super hard to find the talent, but I am a fucking unicorn hunter and I will find (laughs) these fucking people. And I did. I love that. Um, And I was, as I was going through, I was looking for people who had both commercial insurance, PNC lines um, experience, and then they speak the language of software and those unicorns. Right. Um, I found a few of them. I found a lot of them. And, but they were all been in the company for 10 or 15 years. They were all women and they were all, held down in lower positions. Right. And it really pissed me off that I came across this and, and I scooped them all out. And, um, I went on a anti-sexism rant on LinkedIn and one of my buddies who, um, works as, uh, works in strategy for the Hartford. 
he was like, hey, you need to go talk to this one lady. Go talk to uh, Alyssa. Yeah. Go look. And she, um, going through her own thing, Alyssa, she's the CEO of Insure Quality. She, uh, she was trying to, she was the COO of her company. She tried to buy her agency. She got in writing that she couldn't buy her agency because she was a woman. Wow. Um, yeah. Stupid wow. because she got, he, she got it in writing. Wow. Um, and then, you know, from that collaboration, we just decided to join forces and then everybody kind of started pouring in. We have a process of people's, you know, signing pledges and we just got um, approached by Forbes magazine to be, um, to be having an article because a part of the, nice. the, the pledge is asking people to not sign NDAs during when they're going through um, investigations for sexual harassment or anything like that. It's actually against the law in California, New York, and New Jersey to ask for that already. Nice. And most people don't know that you can, even if they sign an NDA, NDAs are not enforceable by federal law when there's a sexual harassment or a sexual um, allegation and people don't know that there's just not enough education around it. Got it. Um, so, you know, that was kind of like people were jumping on board with that. Um, the future is bright with insurer quality because of people like you at Glovebox, people like um, live at Armadillo. I mean, Bo Giles, like you guys, agency VA just signed on like, yeah. like all the really big, cool people that are in sure tech, you guys are really making a name for us. And, and because of that, I'm forever grateful for you guys. Um, you're opening, just having your guys's name attached to our initiative is really opening up the doors to some craziness. And we're, we're moving over into um, expanding into tech and to banking next year. Yeah. So it's, that's awesome. It's super cool, yeah. man. It really is. Um, it, it's almost like one of those things where, <clears throat> maybe I was a bit jaded by the need for it. I didn't even realize that it was a need because I, <clears throat> I surround like myself a true white man in insurance. I, well, I surround myself with <laughs> I, dude. I go to gay pride every year with, with my friend, Kevin, like we go every yeah, single I year. I bring my entire family. Like I'm around it so much. When we go to LA, we go uh, to West Hollywood and ball out, man. Like we love it. It's super fun. So I've never I, even I, realized you know, like, that it was a thing that needed to happen. Yeah. And now that I see what you guys are doing and who's actually stepping up to say, yeah, duh, like, of course. And maybe the ones that aren't. And it's like, oh, you know, I see it almost becoming a thing where it's like maybe companies make a decision on who they work with based on what they stand for, which is a really weird concept if you think about it. It's awesome just getting the conversation out there and letting people – Having it out in the public makes it easier to talk about for people. And, well, let them make a choice. Give them the choice to know, yeah. you know, the consumer the choice to know who Absolutely. they're going to deal with. And let them choose. It, you know, it doesn't have to be one way or the other, but yeah. not knowing and, and, and page, you know, being a patron of something that you would disagree with otherwise. Yeah. That's not fair either. You know, let them make the choice. Yeah, and getting yeah. stuck at a company for a long time, not understanding their values, right? Which yeah. is, you know, yeah. uh, tragic in a way. Um, so no, we are equally as appreciative to be involved. Uh, we think it's an amazing, uh, opportunity and an amazing organization. And I'm pumped to see where it goes. Cause I think it's going to be huge. So, well, if you want to speak about a rage room, um, and then uplifting the right voices and whatnot, um, we actually, because we are insure tech nerds and we're tech nerdies, insure quality is coming out with a digital product next month. It's called Medusa Score, 
it's gonna compete with uh, Glassdoor, Nerd Wallet. Nice. Um, it's yeah, it's yeah. gonna be industry specific. Yeah. We have we have a few patents out there for uh for some what they're called safe haven questions where you can go and rate um, insurance companies, banks, technology tech companies. And it's meant for employees to come and rate the company and then for consumers to come and rate the company. Yeah. Um, we, we just, we're going to push up the voices of the people that are actually doing the work that are actually doing really good work in culture. Um, not just beyond diversity inclusion, but yeah. like culture and company and culture and whatnot. And the companies that are doing real shitty. <laughs> <laughs> let them get They're going to be on there as well. Insert evil laugh there. Yeah. Let them get exposed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, cool. No, that's, I love that. Ryan's got an interesting idea that I've always Is liked. it wearing black shirts during a podcast? Well, of course. Because I mean, we I got... nailed that. <laughs> but, oh, uh, I'm out. Oh. We're like a boy band. There you go. Look at Danny boy. <laughs> My God, it's like we're mind-mouthing all three a, of us. A rating software <laughs> where you can rate your clients, like a reverse Yelp. That I do like. I like that one. I like that. You can say, hey, this uh, is a bad client. You don't Dan, want this you're a, like, like an Uber rating for your client. It'd be great. <sighs> it would be I, like, especially insurance. You got those. You I have like those that a lot. insurance that I'd cancel every month. And, and maybe they, yeah. get a, they get a surcharge off of their rating. <laughs> Ooh, as it turns out, you've got a pretty so bad rating. So if you're a shitbag client. client, like you get a rating, <laughs> you get surcharge. And maybe it'll oh, make you think good. twice It'll before be you send that email. Dan Marks. You are really trying to get me a cease and desist aren't you god i love this <laughs> oh, well placed sean has a voicemail on his phone from what three and a half years yeah, ago four, four years, ago, four years ago yeah we had this client and this uh-huh. guy was going through a divorce and so during the divorce he would call sean and then his ex-wife would call sean to deal with the insurance because they both thought it was their company it was awesome yeah it was awesome so when the payment lapsed for the what second time, third time, the third actually. time, because the they couldn't time. figure out who was handling the billing on it, he left Sean an amazing voicemail <laughs> that we kept, and we should post it as part of the podcast. Yeah, we should post it. It's super funny. I, I want to hear it. You can tell that he's it. trying to like not curse, and he goes, he "What a bunch of bozos!" <laughs> I'm gonna leave a bunch of unfavorable bozos. reviews on twenty sites. Google, Yelp, and then he pauses because he can't think of no, any others. Nothing else. He was so When, in livid. fact, his ex-wife was supposed to handle the bill yeah. <laughs> for the third time. It's it's tremendous. We'll post it with the podcast. Yeah, it's it's Sean's Bible. I think he listens oh, to it once a week. I do. It, it puts a smile on my face. It's so good. So if you're feeling down, record one of your uh, raging clients' voicemails and listen to it. It's motivation. We've done a bunch of uh, exposing... Uh, love triangles. We've had a couple at the agency where you know we yeah. had a guy put his girlfriend on the policy. <laughs> oh wow! Calls up to pay. Yeah, we, we've had that. It's um, so, got a lot of offshoots with what you guys do. <laughs> yeah, I like this. I, now I see why it was hard to, to answer. There's a lot of you do the monologue. There's a lot of opportunity here. You're getting a lot of investors calling. Like, man, this company mm-hmm. sky's the limit. That, that cheater show where the guy got ended up getting stabbed. No, remember that show? No, yeah, Cheaters I remember the, the show. The guy would go like expose people for cheating. Do you guys remember that show? Jesus, yeah, the. Millennials got stabbed did. on air. Wow. On one of them. One of the people. War of the Roses. Is, is, is that what it was called? War of the Roses or something like that? No, it was Cheaters. It was cheaters. Yeah, it was Cheaters. Oh, it was, yeah. oh the TV show. Yeah, Cheaters. Got the show was great. Stabbed? Yeah, it was always like, man, I mean, I get what you're exposing something that's wrong, but you're, you're kind of an asshole about it, like the way you're doing it. And then, yeah, one of the episodes, he gets stabbed. Wow. It was like, you know. And they still aired it. Kind of had it coming. I don't think it was like that bad of a stabbing. Oh, you know? like a minimal stabbing? A little, like a, pot, like a pocket knife. Is there degrees of stabbings? You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a, 
that bad of a stabbing. It's like, okay, you're not. It's like someone calling in Rambo. It's like someone calling in gotcha. Like you didn't get gutted. Someone calling in sick on Monday. It's like you know I got stabbed, and you're like, well, it was a minimal stabbing though. It was a tiny little pocket knife. You know, you should be fine. You're fine. You better get in. It was an American thing. You got a little stab. Nice. You can go into work. So let me ask you guys a question, Margo. You live in Florida, right? If I'm not mistaken. And Daniel. Yup. And Daniel, you're in Cali. Yep. How does this dynamic work? How does the company function with you guys being so far away? Like, how do you guys just operate? Okay. We have people all over the world. I mean, we have dev teams, obviously, you know, we, in, in India and Israel. Right. And we, we're everywhere. I, I think this is COVID age, man. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, this is how, this is the new norm now. We all have to just make it work. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, GoGiles has been remote before it was cool. So, like, it's been remote since like 2018, 2019. Before it was cool. Before it was cool, but it had to because cool. You had to. You can't find all the talent that you need to run your company, this insurance company, in Tampa, Florida. Like, it's just or San Diego or Milwaukee. Like, it's un. It's It's hard to find it in the United States. Yeah. It's such a difficult role knowing software and insurance. Like there's so few people that can do it that we, there's no way we could limit it geographically. Well, when Danny's booze is missing out of his office, who does he blame it on then? Like there's no one to blame (laughs) it on but himself. Whoops. My God, that bottle shrunk (laughs) in a a hot second. What happened, Danny? (laughs) Uh, All right. So we want to go into a segment we do with all of our guests. We're going to ask you guys random questions, and we're looking forward to your answers. We're going to go with Margot first. Margot, who are you cheering for? And it is completely open-ended. Like, anything. Anything. Could be Sean Terry. I don't know. I was just going to say, I wonder when someone's going to say one of us. I feel like Chris Rock needs some cherry on at the moment. After his Oscar situation, I'm here for Chris Rock right now. Was it it staged or was it not? And if it was not, was Will Smith being a little bitch about it? I don't know, man. That looks so at first you're like, you're like, that was staged. And then you see the uncut, you're like, I don't know, Chris Rock looks a little shaked up. Did you see the meme where they like, they did like a 4K investigation. Yeah. It looked like he had padding on his cheek or something. I'm like, okay, this is good. Do you do you think that Jada would have hit him harder? Because I do. <laughs> I think Jada would have hit a lot harder than Will. Stiff wrist. <laughs> I bet Jada. She looks like she packs a punch. That one. Yeah, she's, so. she's scary. She's scary. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I I could go. I could be convinced it was both. I'll tell you that I didn't know the Oscars was on. <laughs> I'm with you there. I had no idea it was Oscar night, so if it was a rating thing, I think it was probably pretty successful. I don't know what the Grammys are going to do to top that. Yeah, they're going to have to do something. Yeah. Adele and Headlock, I don't know. Yeah, Adele's going to hit Taylor Swift. (laughs) Ooh, that a bit for She's going for the front kick, though. Logan would not like that. Logan's a T-Swift fan. He'd be upset. Yeah, he would be very upset. Danny, who are you cheering for, man? Booze. I don't know why, but I feel the word that keeps pouring over my soul is Lizzo. And she don't need me to cheer for her. <laughs> no, I know why we're cheering for Lizzo. Is it her new show on Amazon? I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't be cheering for her that much because I saw it and I like passed it up. I'm like, eh, yeah, it was like terrible. It. We started it last <laughs> night. I was like, Cammy, I can't, I can't. I like Lizzo. I'm a fan, but this is not good. 
Maybe she yeah, some cheering I, for yeah. Her. That's why I'm cheering for her because I know her energy. Yeah. And I feel like maybe you could do a little bit better. Maybe that's just me, but I love her music and I love her presence and I love what she represents. But yeah. when I watch interviews, I'm like, I'm okay. I'm I feel good. like she doesn't need a reality show. Like she's too good for that right now. Like, she's, you know, she's too hot right now. Like you don't need that. She should have consulted. You. Yeah. You know, that was her bad. I don't really know what's up with that. Yeah. That wasn't a good look. And to choose Amazon of all places, like, it, you know. Choose something better. Yeah. Like Amazon? <laughs> that's like check. that's like fourth in line. <laughs> it's like the fourth tier. Oh, uh, poor Lizzo. All right, next question. Margo. Yes. What are you listening to? Right now. Right now. I'm listening to Billy Eyelash, which is what my ten year old calls Billy Eyelash. Oh, I thought you were serious <laughs> at first. <laughs> Her name is Billy Eyelash to me forever. Nice, That's what I'm listening buddy. to right now, but I have a really bad habit of listening to Megan The Stallion it's incredibly loud in my office. And <laughs> sounds like a good habit. Yeah! <laughs> sounds like a great habit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Megan The Stallion's good. I was listening to Mac Miller earlier, and it was as uh, as graphic. I was so. listening to a techno song of The Wolf of Wall Street on repeat. God, I love calls. that. Ba, ba, ba. Yes, I love that. Uh, Danny, what are you listening to? Margo's going to roll her eyes right now, but <laughs> I have this weird obsession with Christmas music, and I listen oh, to <laughs> Stop it. No way. Stop Are you it. serious? <laughs> I literally listen to Christmas music all year round. When I got Stop married it. in July, I walked down the aisle to the instrumental of Jingle Bells. Stop Do not it. judge my journey. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I have receipts. I'm gonna, you know, we're going to post your call, and no I'm going to send you way. a video of Danny. Did you, my kitchen so great. Did you make your groomsmen dress dress like elves? No problem with the <laughs> Were they your elves as well? <laughs> no, but the uh but the officiator, the lady who the witchy lesbian who, who had waved a stick over over this my head awesome. on the beach somewhere. <laughs> Margo knows that reference. Um <laughs> She wore she she knew that we were gonna we were really Christmas heavy, so uh, she she wore reindeer antlers. Oh, I'm that's being that serious. That's great. great. Hey, are, do you just ball out during Christmas? Is that like your time to shine? Are you like a show oh, pony? It during Mariah Carey has so much Mariah, you guys. <laughs> Mariah <laughs> Carey has nothing on fucking me. Me, I am like Mariah Carey and Michael Bublé into one person. I wish you fucking would. Danny, try you could me. be her gay Nick Cannon. That could be you. <laughs> you could be her gay Nick Cannon. Goals, <laughs> bro. Goals. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Jingle bells. <laughs> Jingle bells. This is going to be pumped up. So good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. We have a song that we play every... <laughs> Uh, Monday before our meeting, and we let someone choose it. Next week, it's Jingle Bells. If somebody did Christmas music, you'd be like, what, what's going on? Oh. It just changes your mood. Like, you could be in a shitty mood, and it's next thing you hear, Michael Bublé. <laughs> tell me you don't, tell me you will. I'm with you. I'm with you. Christmas Put on a Michael Bublé album. I don't know. Or some wine. And just chill out on a Thursday afternoon. In Might July. be on to something. I'm like nine. super offended if I don't if I if I start hearing Christmas songs before December first. I'm a little bit offended. And then if I, if I my mean, neighbors Danny's listening to it, and it's March 30th. If my, <laughs> <laughs> if my neighbors still have their Christmas lights up in February, I'm like, what the fuck, Jim? Take Get your goddamn down. Christmas lights okay. down. Yeah. My kids are asking. God damn about it! it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We had ours up until at least. <laughs> Until Valentine's Day. See, I've I've trained my kids. I just don't put them up at all. I'm like, look, they're broken. That's what are you gonna train. do every year? <laughs> they're broken. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Daddy's not gonna fall off a fucking ladder for your Christmas lights. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, you've been in insurance too long. You I know, know the risk of it. I know. It's not worth it. You know, 
I can't do it, man. It's a um, story house, though. I mean, it's yeah, it's dangerous, man. There's a lot of you know, a lot of loose, loose concrete. I bet you could reach up and put your legs. I could, up. but I'm not going to. <laughs> Don't tell my kids that. Next question is for uh, we're going to go Danny on this one, and then we're going to go back to Mario. We're going back, Danny. What are you reading? Oh, uh, <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> the night before Christmas. Oh, difficult conversations. Difficult conversations. Yeah. How to discuss what matters the most. I am a foster father to teenagers, teenage boys, nonetheless. Yep. And every single day is a fucking hard conversation. Yep. And so um, that um, and the Mariah Carey Christmas <laughs> albums. <laughs> the, Mariah Carey, the, Mar- the Mariah Carey had to be more like Nick Cannon. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, the traditions. <laughs> I like you could not have asked me a more embarrassing question because oh, this will be my little fact and David go laugh. say it. You got to set the whole scene too, Margo. Set the whole scene. <laughs> I, I can't even show you the book cover because I read like the most disgusting, dirty romance novels. Oh, there we on. go. You got to put it up. I love this. You got to put it up here. You come know on. what? Forget reading motivational books or like business. <laughs> it's on like... I'll, I'll see if I can find one to put it up. No, there. that's kind of So my, my mother-in-law's name is Margo nice. and she also oh. likes romantic novels. Oh, Wow. This could be like a group, like a I'm Facebook group of how dirty she likes those dirty romantic novels, though. <laughs> romantic novels. That's the wall, man. Oh, Hold yeah. on. It was the one I'm reading right now. Let's see. <laughs> is that a Minotaur? What is it, <laughs> what's it called? His Embrace. Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> Whatever I get my hands on. Margot pours really herself a sweet Bordeaux and <laughs> said it's a billion dollars. No, but the worst part is like it's, it's, like, it's cute, but I read like 50 of them a month what i was gonna say that your wow. webcam looked a little foggy so wow looked a little steamy i read i have a streak going on amazon i think i'm on 170 weeks straight of of reading on my kindle so i, I read a ton i mean i don't always read the slutty romance novels but reading is like one of my my huge passions but i do read to escape so i'm, I'm working all day and like i yeah. don't know what it is when you come home you know, you don't want to crack open an autobiography. Like, I just, I want to. No, you don't want to read management yeah. tips on how to, like, better yeah, I engage your staff. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I want to, yeah. you know, live in fantasy land. So, I, and I do, but it is one of my guilty pleasures. That's all right. One, Everybody's got them. Mine are. Uh, two for two. Mine are the garbage shows on E. I love Summer House. I think it's hilarious. I love the garbage on it. Uh, below deck what's the other one i like below deck it's not bad i used to watch vanderpump rules in the past that was fine i tried fun fact i tried to grab lisa vanderpump's dog one time when i was at pump i was hammered wasted lisa came in holding her dog and i went no no i grabbed it i was being very appropriate i went lisa that man holds your dog and i tried to grab her dog (laughs) and she did not like it you're gonna pass over the fact that you were at a gay bar that's (laughs) I told you, man, when me and my <laughs> wife and Logan and Caitlin were there, when we go out to L.A., we ball yeah. out, man. We're I got the West photos. Hollywood. That's our scene. That is, like you're up that's a song. true ally. He's just like, oh, yeah, we were at Tell Pump. Me, and man. I'm like, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't talk about Pump. There is, <laughs> there is no, no – I, I challenge you to find a, a more fun bar during the day than on Saturday. At, what's it called? Uh, the Citadel? Is that what it's called in L.A.? Um, what's it called? Right on that corner. In downtown LA or yeah, in West Hollywood, they do like a drag show every Saturday. That shit was oh my god! There's oh there's there's at the Abbey, the Abbey, the Abbey. That's where we were at. 
Dawson that, sh- Abbey? that shit was entertaining, man. We took photos. I know, you I guys. Got, we were having the best great. time. Yeah, you had big smiles. That place is awesome. Smiles. Bag brunch on Sundays. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. Anyway, I went down a tangent. I, I tried to steal Lisa Pan. Lisa, Lisa Vanderpump's dog. Pants. Oh, dog. I might be drunk right now. <laughs> All right, guys, I got to bring up something that really grinds my gears. Do you have any guesses? Mm. <sighs> Service. Yep, nailed it. Uh, I like just being out, you know, on days when I'm not at the office and, you know, even when I'm at the office, I don't want to be taking calls that have to do with basic stuff. It's things that I know my clients can do themselves. Uh, when we were at the agency, we'd get the calls all the time. Hey, can I have my ID card? Can I have my deck pages? Well, sure, but don't you want to just go knock that out yourself? Why are you calling me for that? Um, thank goodness we created a solution. It's called Glovebox. I think you should check it out. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, oh, Margo, we'll ask you. Yeah. What uh, are you watching currently when you're not reading watch romance? two shows, which is the thing. I'm watching uh, Parks and Rec again because nice. it's the best. It's one of the best shows I've ever yeah, made. that's a great one. And then yeah. I watch Will and Grace when I'm trying to fall asleep. Nice. Do you watch the, or I'm sorry, do you listen to the podcast with uh, Will Arnett and Smartless? Smartless. I have, but not regularly, but yeah. When you're not listening to Cease and Desist. Awesome. Good question. Listening to you and reading romance <laughs> novels and yes. This dating, this dating profile is really shaping up <laughs> nicely. I'm a catch. What can I say? <laughs> Tanny, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm watching Minx on hulu no no paramount plus or one of those things it's a a thing a mashup where this really feminist woman is like i really in the 70s and she wants to like create her own magazine but the only people who will pick her up are this is a, is a porn magazine or a porn publication and they input all her feminist ideas inside of like uh, a, the, a male porno so it's like the feminist mystique and then a big old dick right next to it <laughs> is this a so true story like, wow. is this true wow. or is this just yeah. a show that sounds riveting yeah, it right. is the best show I'm like yeah I'm here for it I'm here for that little bit of education I see what you're cheering for, for a little bit of education what you're cheering for <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like I'm here for that and um, and when and to be honest with you majority of the time I'm either watching the golden girls very gay, obviously. Um, or I'm watching those YouTube videos about haunted things when you see like little dead children just walking around. Like that's my shit. I go to sleep to that. That's wow. my that shit. Gosh. This is awesome. Like the best gift anybody can give me is a spirit box. If you give me a spirit box, I will love you for the rest of my did, life. Did you watch Ghost Hunters on Annie? I, I I watch it as a nostalgia, but I want to get the real show. I like seeing the ones when they the, the ones in the Middle East. You like those the real ones stuff. are fucking insane. They're like they they pray in Arabic, but you see actual like dead people walking by. I'm like that. Ooh, they are some haunted in Saudi Arabia. Let's go. <laughs> Nothing like falling to sleep to some spirits, some haunted spirits. <laughs> sounds nice, fantastic. <laughs> sounds relaxing. Last question, Margo, what are you investing in currently? Besides Go Giles and, uh, and Romance Right now, Hunters. all my money is going to real estate. Nice. Nice. Are you commercial, uh, residential? What do you What do you play? Residential. residential. Right, right now, residential, yeah. But I'm in Florida, so like, it's, it's like a free-for-all here Yeah. right now with real estate. It's crazy. Do you hold them or do you renovate them and, and flip them? What do you do? Hold them. Yeah, yeah. I, we do short-term Airbnb stuff, and nice. then we have a couple long-term. Nice. 
Uh, I, I'm just, I'm too scared of the stock market right now. I don't, I don't know. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I I trusted it, and then it smoked me. So I don't trust it at all because it smoked. Got your hand slapped. Yes, I did. That was uh, brutal. Danny, what are you investing in currently? Um, I wish I can say real estate, but I live in San Diego, so that's never going (laughs) to fucking happen. Um, But I'm investing in obviously insure quality, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm investing a lot into Tesla because I am that pretentious millennial. You're that dude. (laughs) <laughs> I am. I have a Tesla, but I have my kids and gas prices in California are like $7 a gallon. And I'm not about that life. So my kids are going to get cars in the next couple of months. So they're all getting uh, used Teslas. I think you should get them roller. I think you should get them roller blades. Maybe roller blades. Like bring roller blades yeah, back. They, they, they got that, but I'm sick and tired of driving their asses everywhere. Ever, That's fair. Man. So. That's fair. I think not enough people rollerblade anymore. That's true. It's a lost art. It's coming back. It's a lost it's art for them back. Down here, we have a whole rollerblading culture. Oh, my here. God. Might have oh, yeah, to, man. Already. Strap on the rollerblades. I mean, this is not enough of that. Like that, though? I mean, Tesla's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Well, I can honestly say this has been our best season to assist besides the other one that Andy missed. Yep. So that's two yep. now. Yep. And if he misses a third one, we're going to be looking for a fill-in, and I think we can get two more chairs for Margot and Danny because I think this has been amazing. We appreciate tr- you guys. We'll have to change the intro music to Jingle Bells or something for the guest host. <laughs> we want to make him feel warm and fuzzy get during the holidays. Egg, get you an eggnog <laughs> for your drink. Do you sell like Christmas stallion Jingle Bells, and then it would Ooh, be? Oh, there we go. Is that like the party B came out with a Christmas song? Let me tell you, it was wonderful. Clap, clap. Clap. It's like Christmas in July. <laughs> that's, oh my that's God. Pussy popping them jingle bells. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the Season Desist podcast. We love what you guys are doing at Go Giles. We love what you guys are yep. doing at uh, Ensure Equality. We're glad to be uh, friends with you guys. I think it's, uh, it's amazing. Sean, especially, he needs more friends. So um, we're happy there. Um, and just all around kick ass people. So we are pumped up. Thank you for having us. Yes. And next time we want to see you here in person or we're coming down to, we'll have to roll the dice between Florida and San Diego. They're both cool. So I could go either way on that one. Um, you can go to Mexico for lunch. So (sighs) that I like (laughs) that. Okay. Is that Tijuana though? (laughs) It is Tijuana. Don't want to lie to you. It's Tijuana. That's good. A little detail you missed. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. Have a lovely day.